0: You are listening to Law and Gospel on this Monday, October the 23rd, in the year 2023rd. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and we're looking forward to this Monday, because the readings for this Sunday that we're going to be doing is to observe Reformation Day on October the 29th, two thousand 2023. Now, the readings are from Revelation 14, uh, John 8, and also Romans 3. I cannot think of a better passage dealing with the Reformation than Romans chapter 3, verses 19 to 28. You see, Martin Luther, he was a friar, a monk, of the Augustinian order. And he really believed that by his works, he would be saved. And he really got to hate God because he realized he could not do sufficient good works. And so he had to discover the way that he was saved. And a big part of that discovery was the book of Romans, chapter 3, beginning with verse 19. Here's what it says Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those who are under the law, so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. Now, what does that mean? Under the law. To be under the law would be like to be in prison. You're under the law. I'm under the law when it comes to to the obedience of speed limits, paying my taxes, these kinds of things. But to be under the law in the scripture means that it is the law that is kind of in charge of your life. And whatever the law says, it speaks to those under the law. Those who think that, boy, I am going to be saved by doing the works of the law. But when you are under the law, every mouth is stopped and the whole world be held accountable to God. Now, Paul explains that in the very next verse. Here's what he says. For by works of the law, no human being will be justified in his sight. That that ought to be a motto on church doors. You know, so often we go by churches and traveling to the congregations we're helping out and many of the churches like a Methodist or this kind of church what they have on their church sign is always law we just went by one love others the way you love yourself well is that law or gospel that is a law because it's putting a condition upon you that God will love you if you love others the way you love yourself well first of all there are a lot of people that don't love themselves some even commit suicide because of the hatred of their life so This passage is a terrible passage to put on a church sign because nobody can do it. And yet we see this time and time again of law-oriented signs on church signs. And Paul's pretty clear. For by works of the law, that means obedience to God's law, whether the Ten Commandments, the ceremonial law, or civic laws. No human being will be justified in his sight. Well, that is really confusing to people of other religions because they believe that whatever their law says, if they can obey it, they will be saved. That is, they will be justified in the sight of God. So when you're telling them, no, that's not the task of the law. Well, the first question is, then why did God give us his law? If it's not so, we would obey it as fallen human beings and be saved. Now, it's not that you can't obey the law when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit and produce what's called works or fruit of righteousness. But even those often are encumbered with evil motivation. So it's not till you get to heaven after the glorious day, that you finally are able to follow the law of God perfectly. Only Jesus followed the law as a human being. And, and that's why it is significant to know that he was able to do that so that when he died on the cross, he was being punished for your sin not his own well then they're asking what then is the purpose of the law if it isn't to give you guidance as to how to be saved well that comes in the latter half of verse 20 of Romans 3 since through the law comes knowledge of sin wow what a difference it's like when you go to a doctor you you first have a diagnostic procedure then you have the cure for whatever is the problem the diagnosis Does not cure you. It just shows you your problem. And the solution is the cure. In Christianity, the law is a diagnosis to show you your problem. You fall short of the glory of God and you are a sinner. And when you are a sinner, you cannot get to heaven unless that sin is forgiven. The sin does not need to be stopped because it's impossible to stop the sin. Our human nature is sinful. And therefore... It may not be a deed that you do is sin, but it could be a thought or a word. So what do parents do when they bring their children up? They give them help in knowing how to behave. That is law, and there's no problem with that. Like, make sure you're home by 5 o'clock. From school, so we can have a meal together. Or make sure you're in bed by nine o'clock so you get enough sleep for school the next day. In, In other words, there are many, many laws that parents give out of love for their children. And guess what happens when the children disobey the laws? They are disciplined. That means sometimes in my case, I wasn't able to watch a television program I normally would like watching or maybe not play on the baseball team after school, had to come right home. There are all kinds of things that my parents omitted me to do. And and that was to make sure that I knew that through the law comes the knowledge of what my parents wanted me to do. And a lot of times it was a knowledge of my sin. So if your righteousness does not come from obedience of the law How can you become righteous? That's verse 21. But now the righteousness of God has been manifested apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. Now, in the ESV version that we're taking a look at, the word law appears twice in this sentence. But the first law is not capitalized. But the second law is capitalized. That's because in this case, the word law is pointing to different points. When it says the righteousness of God has not been manifested, I'm sorry, has been manifested apart from the law. That means our obedience to the law. Although the law and the prophets bear witness to it, now that law is capitalized. And the reason is that is the summary of the Old Testament books. Uh, How do we summarize the New Testament books? The Gospel and the Epistles. The Old Testament is summarized by the Law and the Prophets. The Law being the first five books of Moses, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and then the Prophets. And this righteousness that God manifests is born witness when you read Moses and the prophets. Verse 22 says precisely what that righteousness is. And it is what woke Luther up to true Christianity. It says, the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ for all who believe. Wow. What a difference. See, in Christianity, you are saved not by doing something, but by believing something namely having faith, particularly in the promises of Jesus Christ. You believe him when he says that, call upon me in the day of trouble and I will deliver you. You believe him when he says, when you die, you'll be taken right into heaven. You believe him when he says, You will have life eternal in the glorious heaven. That's what belief is. So, unlike every other religion in the world where you're saved by what you do, in Christianity you're saved by what you believe. But that faith that's given is a faith that is given. It's not something that you have invented in your mind, but you have been given it by the Holy Spirit. I was given it in my infant baptism. Others are given it when they're reading a passage like this from Romans 3. Excuse me. four. Paul continues, there is no distinction for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So that shows that you're not saved by your works. And then verse 24 continues, and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? What does it mean to be justified by his grace? We're not justified by his justice in giving you what you deserve. You're justified by his grace in that he gives you what you do not deserve. And that is, of course, the forgiveness of sins. And you receive that gift when the Holy Spirit moves you to believe the promises of Jesus Christ. Paul continues in verse 25 how that happened. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. Now, if you're taking this passage and teaching children, they haven't the slightest idea what propitiation means. But propitiation means that Jesus paid the cost of our redemption, and that was by eternal hell. How did that happen? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you left me alone? In other words, Jesus experienced hell on the cross. He was all alone. The Father even left him. And that hell was so that you and I who have faith would never receive hell. So this cross is explained further in verse 25. This was to show God's righteousness because of in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins this is an important passage. What does forgiveness mean? It means that he passes over former sins. What does that mean? To pass over them would mean that, let's say you're a bank robber and you're taken to court, but you've done From a civic point of view, everything else pretty good in your life. You paid your taxes, etc. And the judge says, we're going to pass over your bank robbery and let you go. You know how ridiculous that sounds. And that's why it's so hard to believe in Christianity. Because that's what God did. When he passed over your sins, it means he does not hold you accountable for those sins. And verse 26 says, it was to show his righteousness at the present time so that he might be just and the justifier of the one who what? is obedient? No. But the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Then Paul asks us a question. Then what becomes of our boasting? Remember the boasting of the Pharisees? Jesus said the Pharisee went to the temple And he boasted to God that he was saved because he was following ceremonial laws. Didn't even talk about the moral law. The ceremonial laws of fasting and giving a tithe. He boasted about that, thinking that is what saved him. But when you recognize that you've been justified by God's grace which you do not deserve and yet he gives it to you because the of death of his only beloved son, then what becomes of your boasting? It is excluded, Paul says in verse 27. And by what kind of law? In other words, by what kind of principle is it excluded? Is it excluded by a law of our works? No, but by the law of faith. Because we can't boast about our works when verse 25, I'm sorry, verse 28 is very clear. For we hold, Paul says, that one is justified by faith apart from works of the law. I really believe that this Romans 3, verses 19 to 28, except for the word propitiation, which we have explained Is really easy to understand when you're talking to a person who thinks they're saved by their obedience. And you can figure that out. Uh, Are you going to heaven? Oh, yes. Why? Well, I go to church, I take my kids to Sunday school, I'm nice to my neighbors, I'm an honest person at work. You notice how they are boasting about the works that they're doing? And they're thinking that by boasting about those works, they're saved? No. The gospel from John 8, Jesus says to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word not in my commandments, in my word. You are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. What is Jesus talking about? He's talking about the truth of the crucifixion of himself on the cross. And if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed. What are you being freed from? You're being freed from the law. From the law that says, do this and you will live. Don't do this and you won't live. That principle doesn't work for sinful human beings. And so we are imprisoned by the law. And that's why the law is now used to stop every mouth so the whole world may be accountable to God. Verse 20 is so important of Romans 3. For by works of the law, no human being Will be justified in the sight of God because through the law comes knowledge of sin. So if you're diagnosed with a disease, you don't say thank you to the doctor and leave and don't do anything. No, the very next question is well, what's the cure? How can I get better? And in Christianity, the disease is your sin. The cure is the forgiveness of sins, where God no longer holds you accountable for your past sins. That's the good news. And it's not only for Reformation, it's for every Sunday of the church here. And that's why listening to KFUO gives you a lot of help in understanding God's will towards you, especially that you're saved by grace, through faith, on account of Jesus Christ. That's the word of God for today and a word that You should keep close to your heart to share with others who think they're saved by their works. I'm Tom Baker. God bless you.